Are you immersed in a sea of business advice and education, but not sure what to embark on first? Instead of adding to the ocean of information, we're here to help you navigate it like a pro. The Wayfinding Growth Podcast will help you take a deep dive into new actionable strategies, tools, and tactics to help you grow. So start charting a course for business growth as you explore a better way to grow further, faster, with your hosts, Remington Begg and George B. Thomas. Remington, can you believe that we are getting ready to do the 34th episode of the Wayfinding Growth Podcast? This is crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's pretty exciting stuff. You know, as I I remember like being super freaked out about the first seven episodes, like, oh man, how am I going to do this? And now it just feels like uh, two bros just chilling, having having a conversation. It's funny that you mentioned two bros just chilling, having a conversation because we're recapping the Joel Com episode <laughs> that happened last week. And if you have not had an opportunity to go back and watch or listen to that episode, it is a must, must do. Trust me, a must do. And it's funny because you say two bros just hanging out. And one of the things that he said during last week's episode that just kind of took me by surprise with who he is and where his brand's at is he said, I'm just a dude. And uh, I was like, wait a minute, you're Joel Calm, but his perception of himself is just this guy, this normal person um, trying to make it through uh, the world. And that was just very interesting to me. I've seen him uh, speak online only. I haven't seen him speak in person, but he's he's got, he's got a voice for radio. And I, mm. I realized later that he came from that historically um but it was you know it's he's got a couple very different points of view on on different areas um like all the way through to the uh you know the podcast that he's doing on um bitcoin on bitcoin yeah you know and then and then you have the and then you've got the other side where he's talking about like really just like life and going after goals and then he he said something 15 books yeah, yeah. That was super surprising. It's crazy. You yeah. know, it, it's funny because I think that it might be the longest ep- – just two tidbits. If you're ever in a Wayfinding Growth trivia competition, uh, that might be the longest episode that we've ever had. I think it went 58 minutes, which is crazy. Um, but also it would be the one that I would classify as a case study for vulnerability. Like going back and listening to it multiple times – and seeing how Joel navigated uh, that episode and when I would say something or when Remington would say something, kind of stepping in going, well, well, well maybe let's look at it at this direction or this is how it's been for me in life or these are people that I've lost in the last two weeks. And I was like, man, dude, you're just you're just – Dude, he is a dude, right? He's yeah. just laying it out there, which is super crazy. So that's some fun stuff. Uh, before we even got into uh, the guest portion of this, but when when you stop and think now, Remington, you have had time to go through the interview. You had time to listen to the interview probably multiple times. Like, what is, what are some things that you just thought about in general of Joel Com and kind of the conversation that we had during that episode? imposter syndrome comes into play like you know and and what i mean by that is you see these people on pedestals uh literally or figuratively whether on stage or um 15 books written or whatever else and then and he he comes across so authentic that that's you know that that's pretty incredible and then also seeing him um on social media just having 
real conversations is a whole nother layer of, of Joel that I think is, um, that I think is quite interesting. Not afraid to go, um, you know, against the grain with yeah. opinions. Yeah. But at the same time, like obviously very thorough in his responses. Um, and that's kind of like, that really came down to how this whole, this whole episode went as well. It's funny. There was a couple of things that even before we got into the charting of the course that I pulled out that I thought were very interesting. One was that he started to talk about being self-aware himself and the other's need for being self-aware to understand the path that you're supposed to be going down. And then once you understand that path, actually sticking with it. Um, and I'm going to remind you, you started to tell a miner's story, uh, the diamond yeah. farm in Africa, as I believe where you're headed. I want you to maybe softly tell a little bit more about that so listeners understand where you are going with that. But also, I, I really, because of who I am, and I think because of some of the listeners who I know they are too, I really cherish the statement that Joel sees himself as a spiritual, maybe not a religious, but at least a spiritual person. And, and it's funny because that's a conversation that sometimes I find myself getting into because people believe that those two, uh, are hand in hand and they're actually in many cases vastly different and the reason sure. i'm bringing this up is because we're talking about joe com and we're talking a, a lot about the book the fun formula and i think anytime that you're talking about a formula uh, uh, or looking at a way that you live life and practices and and steps that you have to almost stop and rethink how you may look at some things. And so this was like the beginning of me understanding that he looks at things at different directions all the time uh, and doesn't necessarily map them out in the way that the world gives him, i.e. later on in this episode we'll probably talk about the calendar and the battling of the calendar that the world has given us for who you might need to be. So um, drop in – uh, drop in the kind of miner's story or diamond story that you are alluding to. It's actually um, much more basic than how you teed it up to be. It was a, a meme that I saw, and it was two different, like the same guy, two different scenarios, and one was turning back, and then the other, you know, and it was almost like x-ray vision from the side kind of view. Um, I'll find the meme and we'll drop it in the show notes so you can check those out. Um, but you know, basically I think how it ties in and I'll explain it with business at the same time as the minor story. Like I think I just finished having a conversation with a new entrepreneur who's tired. He's mm. sick and tired of being sick and tired. Um, he's burnt out. He's just like, you know, he's just gotten to a point where he's like, does this even matter? Like, what am I doing to myself? And then I asked him how long he's been doing it. And he said eight months. Oh my God. Right. So, so great that he's self-aware that he's eight months in but at the same time like you know the a couple of the things that we just alliterated to everyone's like oh like you know whether it's imposter syndrome or whether it's like oh i didn't know it was gonna be this much work or like i'm lost i don't know where i'm going all these different directions that you could you could mm -hmm. potentially take this this really goes to the core of why we wanted to do wayfinding growth you know as a podcast in the first place was because it's the story about the journey, right? And and so going back to the minor, this minor mentality, 
that I was talking about is one of the lines of the of the meme is the miner going back out the hole with his back towards where he was digging. And um, and then from the side, you see that if he had dug three, four more times, he would have hit he would have hit the diamonds. Mm. Right. And then you've got the guy that's going a little bit further uh, right underneath that is like, just keep pushing it because, you know, or hopefully you're on the right path to define and get to those diamonds that are on the other side. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Um, And I think, you know, going back to that feeling of making sure you're on the right path and sticking with it, I think is one of those things. Now, I'm not telling you to stick with it if you have no idea whether or not you're on the right path, because like you should have some velocity or some direction that caused you to go into business yourself. Um, And in some cases, it's survival. And that's totally fine, too. But you've got to know when to fish or cut bait. um, But make sure that you're doing everything that that you're supposed to do. Oh, I love that saying, fish or cut bait. That's wayfinding growth there. So Remington, we quickly dove into charting the course. And one of the things that was very interesting, and you alluded to it at the beginning of this episode where uh, Joel's kind of ability to just say whatever he wants to say on things um, and, and his belief in them and holding true to that, we started to talk about mindsets. And, and he even went into kind of the anti-hustle. Uh, and anti-grind. And of course, that alluded to the anti of a name that he named, um, during the episode. And so, like, look, I know you, you work sure. a lot. You know me, I, I work a lot. And so I'm curious if your thoughts were the same as my thoughts when he went down this kind of anti-hustle, anti, uh, grinding, uh, mentality. What, what were, what was going on as that part was kind of unfolding in front of your eyes? Yeah. There was, so there's a lot going on there for me. Um, <laughs> so one, one of, and, and neither of what I'm about to say, do I believe are a hundred percent right or wrong? It's just like more observation. One is, and this goes back to imposter th- syndrome. Wow. Joel is to a point where he can, he can pave his own path and be like, screw the hustle and wake up five minutes before a meeting and not have a, not have something in his calendar or his schedule that, you know, unless it's a meeting like us, like he actually uh, yep. alluded to that. Um, that the, the first thing I started doing when I heard that was discounting that because I, you and I work in a team environment mm-hmm. and the work that we do um, day to day is not singular in fashion, which means we have to be able to collaborate or communicate with internal people within the agency, but also external as well. And yep. um, it, it was almost like a on what planet kind of mm. conversation. Okay. But yeah. then like I also see the other side of it and I think that there's a, a time or a place for that. Now, I don't know much about um, Joel's, uh, business and how specifically how he makes money, but I could not imagine that he has clients that are on the nine to five that expect things nine to five mm. with how he does that. Um, now that being said, I really loved what he said about how like you've got to be able to live your life and, and enjoy what you're doing and a hundred percent on board with that. 
Like, so where he was talking about, you know, the path and things that we alluded to above, he made it sound much more, and I'm going to say whimsical, but I don't mean um, in a in a negative light whimsical, in a much more whimsical way, like finding your inner purpose. Yeah. And I think that a millennial listening to that, and I'm throwing buckets here, but I'm just mm. trying to identify things. But like a millennial would listen to that and be like, oh, I've got to find the thing that matters to me. So that I can, so that I can do what I need to do for the world. But at the same time, I think that there's also a, a way to capture that from a, how you can create the most impact in an organization. We get more into that later. Um, where, you know, you may be coming in and you talk about it all the time as like an ownership mentality, yeah. right? Like, and I think that going above and beyond and paving your way and showing like, like understanding the path and where you want to go with it, then there's a whole nother layer of context that you could lay over that. But you almost have to like read between the lines of what Joel was saying in the, in the episode. And at the same time be applying your own context, which is a whole nother podcast episode by itself. Yeah, without a doubt. So it's funny. I think whimsical is actually the appropriate word, especially when you sit back and go, we're talking about the fun formula, right? So it does fit. The narrative to what we're talking about in this scenario. Now you said something about throwing buckets. Uh, I don't, I, I was wondering if you're trying to throw some shade there for a hot minute. But with that said, my mind was doing a similar dance to, I don't know if I agree with this. Wow, that would be really nice. And I actually ended up landing in the middle ground of, you know what? Um, there are plenty of times where if I wanted to go take a walk, I could take a walk. Like I have these bucket moments where I have to be in meetings or I have to get work done by a certain time so it can be handed off. But that's not to say how kind of Joel was talking about. I might wake up on a Saturday and I might do Monday's work on a Saturday. Well, that leaves me a whole lot of flexibility other than meetings to go for a walk or to read a book or to do things that one would want to do. So I I started to think about how do we paint the picture on this recap episode of not needing to pick one or the other, but Mm -hmm. figuring out what your middle ground is for you as the viewer and listener. Like what, how can I maneuver around seven days um, instead of only feeling like I can maneuver around five days? And is there, is maneuvering around in seven days actually make a happier life than and what Joel alluded to later on in the podcast about, um, uh, you know, the Monday morning blues or hump day Wednesday or thank God it's Friday. Um, because, again, that's a calendar that the world gave us. Do we mm-hmm. necessarily have to do that or live that? So that's where my mind went. And, and again, you're going to have people that are going to be very protective of their Saturdays and Sundays. But my right. question to them is why? Mm-hmm. Because your dad told you to be? Because your grandpappy protected his Saturdays (laughs) and Sundays? Right? Like, why? So, and and so that was kind of my thought. Now, um, it's funny because I'm going to go past the whole Gary V conversation that he kind of had. If you want to listen to that, you can go back to the, the last 
episode, but he did, uh, Remington, start to mention people in our lives and kind of experiences that we have with these people. Um, mm-hmm. And that got very interesting. It got very, I would say, deep. Um, and then all of a sudden he said these words – um, and I was like, yep, we're on a different show right now. Um, and, and he said, um, you can't take it with you. Right. And, and, you know, as much as I think young entrepreneurs and business, uh, men and women, um, most of us probably look at it as we're trying to amass something. We're trying sure. to build something. Um, but if you come at this amassing and building with an underlying notion of, well, crap, <laughs> at the end of it, what? Uh, so I'm curious, like when we got to that, where were you at? What were you thinking kind of thing? Yeah, so – so I agree. I think a lot of people are trying to see like what they can get out of uh, they can get out of things or out of something as they move. Um, I I think that there's a this this visualization of chasing the rabbit and the rabbit being like boatloads of cash, like on your way to Mexico on a yacht. Like, you know what I mean? Like and I'm not talking about drug deals. I'm just talking about like <laughs> just like escaping this like the status quo and not having a worry in the world. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I can't read, I can't wait to read the fun formula. Um, I've got a list of books I have in my queue already, but, but one of the, one of the big things to your point there is like, you know, the lives and the experiences are huge, right? I've got a three-year-old at home, but, but on the flip side, what I like about Gary V and I'm just going to, I'm just going to drop this in here is Gary V tells you to get out and do something. Now, yeah. I think if if you listen to the hustle, it's because he knows his audience and he's saying like stop sitting on the couch and thinking about doing it and do it, right? Yeah. Like that's that's the big thing. And and Joel's Joel's message was pretty much the same thing, like get on a path and go, you know. Carpe diem. Yeah. Yeah. And so so anything that has worked well for our agency um, you know, over the years and we're, you know, and we're at we're at 12 years now. Anything that's worked well in our agency has been because of forward movement. It has not been because of complacency. And I think that both of those guys, Joel and Gary, both talk about like just making things move. So for me, for you, it's doing a little bit extra work on the weekends. For me, it's going to work at 4 a.m. and Ooh. getting my 4 a.m.s to my, you know, my 4 a.m. to my 7:30, 8 o'clock um, a.m getting my entire day done so I can serve the rest of the team. And so it's not, I don't do the four to eight thirties because I'm like, Ooh, I can make some extra boatloads of cash. It would be nice. I'm not saying I don't want that, but what I'm doing (laughs) is saying like, how can I serve the rest of the people on my team for the time that they're available so that I, so I can do my responsibility of making sure things move forward. And I think that if people think that way, you know, that's why, that's why a lot of top performers go into work early. Mm. Or do some work on the, you know, do some work on the weekends. It's not because they have to, but it's because it tees up the week more effectively. Um, And I think that that's like one of the big takeaways is like understanding your your experiences and the freedoms that you enjoy, and then and then getting it done. And I I had a conversation with another employee here. It was like, oh, I'd like to have a little bit more flexibility in my nine to five. And it's like, great. Well, then you got to own your nine to five and be very very like critical in what you allow into it 
in order to make that happen, right? And so we've got a unit of measure, six and a, six and a half hours worth of work. If we get six and a half hours worth of work done in a day, I really don't care where it is in the day as long as you get it done. And for the record, we pay people eight hours a day, Yeah. right? So yeah, like yeah. – but if they get that much work done and and they got half of it done on Saturday to your point and then they got some more done like during during that day, as long as you're not behind in your deliverable because you're serving everyone else you work with and your clients, then I think you're doing good and you can enjoy those experiences. I choose to do it at four in the morning and you can choose to do it on Saturday. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And and it's it's fun because I do agree with you. I think that Gary and Joel somewhat are saying the same thing. At the end of the day, hey, get stuff done. Mm-hmm. I just think that the story in between the stuff getting done is vastly different. There's the right. uh, grind your face off 24-7 and there's then what Joel alluded to uh, when he talked about having what he called seven grand slams in his um, – kind of business life thus far and i thought seven grand slams damn like those are some good stats i'm just gonna throw it out out there but he talked about how it it was less of working harder and i would almost call it working smarter but what he did is he said it was the right time and the right place and the right person and it was and this is the word that stuck with me the ability to take the right risk Mm. The risk is what paid off for the reward, right? Um, and, and so it, it, he dove into like this crazy, like, you gotta watch your mental state if you're gonna make those right decisions. Um, he even referenced something of like, um, success porn, like watching everybody else online be sure. successful. Um, and, and, you know, not trying to be anybody else, but being yourself. Um, and he even said like, if, if, you know, if I'm trying to be Joel or if he was trying to be Remington or if Remington was trying to be me, like we're all doing it wrong at that point. Um, mm-hmm. and which led us into this section. And this is where I want to kind of bring you back in and, and see, uh, your thoughts, because I know, I feel I know you enough that this is probably a hot button for you. He started to talk about, are you searching your heart? Sure. Right? And, and so, and when I think about searching your heart, it's like, are you searching it? Are you listening to it? Are you letting it lead the way? Because there's this big difference of doing business with heart, uh, and business with head. And, and doing business with both. So I'm super curious, like when we got to that section about searching with your heart and moving into that and that whole like friend thing story that I'm sure you'll go into, like what was going on during that process? It was an interesting thing because again, I'm going, you know, it's funny. We listen to these podcasts and, and I see notes that we wrote when it was live, but then we re-listen and things are different based on our context. I've always built this business out of like every time I hire someone, could I, could I live with this person for the rest of my life? Mm. It's a big statement, right? Like, because you get, you get incredibly choosy about who you want in your family. If you have to commit to them for the rest of your life, like you don't have the option to let them go. Um, I, I think that, you know, searching, searching your heart about what you're doing and why you're doing it and how you're doing it goes even into the Simon Sinek kind of concept about like the why, the how and the what, but like, but what is influencing those decisions? And so we use numbers, um, we use numbers to influence direction, but you know, but it's the heart 
and our minds to influence whether we want whether we think something is a, a good idea or not. You could say gut even, right? Mm-hmm. Like you you go with your gut, but at the same time you're using data to kind of figure out the rails that you've got there. Um, but that's a that's a double sided sword for from a business owner point of view. And this is the new context since I, since I read that is you've got on one side you've got the well I'll just say the employee. Go with your heart. Make sure you can put a hundred percent into it from a professional point of view. But when you go home, be able to put a hundred percent of your heart into your home, right? And whether it's family, whether that's significant others, whether that's yourself, like mm, cool. be able to go that route. But from a, from a professional point of view, like you just got to own it. And I think in a lot of time, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff around depression and all of that. Like, you can't be doubting your your own your own self, and that's that's one of those internal um, those internal battles that everyone has. Like that imposter syndrome is a perfect example. Like, I really want to accomplish X, but then over here you're like, but I don't think I can be like Gary B, mm. right? Mm. Or or whomever. Like, plug in your own mentor or whatever your yeah. whatever else you have, and and so I think that if people like understand like celebrating the wins on the way it's easier to keep searching with you keep searching with your heart and making sure you're on the right path because i think sometimes our own brains get ahead of us yeah you know it's funny because that's that might be a golden nugget out of this episode is celebrating the wins along the way because most business professionals most entrepreneurs most people who want to get stuff done uh through hustling and grinding or through just making smart decisions um typically they pick the next place the next destination that they're headed towards um before right before they reach uh, the point of victory. So it's literally mm-hmm. like you're at the one yard line of the touchdown. Um, and then all of a sudden you just transport yourself back to the 20 yard line and get ready right. to make the run again. And you never get the chance to do that dance. Um, and so that was, I, I love that you brought that up. My brain in this section, I definitely want to talk about, um, how we should always be curious and always be learning. Um, yeah. I definitely want to re- reference that Joel talked about just showing up, like, and, and, and again, the word risk came out. It's showing up. It's taking risks. It's always learning. It's being curious, right? And, and, and kind of that just becoming a process of in who, who you are and what you do. And, and later on, he started, he shifted out of that conversation. He shifted into this thing that was, was super interesting to me because I can go back to audio and video footage of me saying this thing that sounds really cool until the interview with Joel. And then it sounds really, really stupid. And what I mean by this is, um, on a podcast that I was on previously, I would always talk about how um, man, I'll keep hitting my head against the wall and I'll keep trying until I speak on that stage. And I said that numerous times and people were like, yeah, go hit your head against the wall. Um, and then, right. And, but I did and I ended up speaking on the stage, but to hear Joel talk about people like myself who would have this mentality at some points in their lives versus stopping. Quit hitting your head against a wall or the door and look at all the other doors of opportunity that surround you was super interesting because I immediately went, well, that was awesome. 
yet dumb because there's probably 32 other events that I could have said that I wanted to speak at instead of having a sniper view having a more wide open view on the actual opportunities that were around me and so it's I'm just saying this for those listeners and viewers to challenge themselves if they find themselves stuck in this mentality of like a battering ram on an in particular piece of what might be a struggle for them during the day, only realizing that they could take two steps to the right and walk past it or two steps to the left mm-hmm. and walk past it. Um, you know, that, that to me was the mental thing that was going on through my mind. And, and there are days now where I'll go, what happens if I just shift a little bit to the left or right? Do I do I still have this wall in front of me, or do I now go seven miles ahead uh, in less time than I could have? Yeah, I could see that. You know, I, I don't 100% agree, though, uh, because <laughs> would you have been as motivated as you were if you had 14, 15, 16 different stages that you could have been on? My immediate answer that comes to like my heart is no. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I might not have. But that's you know. So like having that goal and understanding the steps towards it, I think are great. But but being open to those opportunities and knowing where you're at, I think is is a huge takeaway from there. But I wouldn't discount that that singular. I want to be there because that's a. That's like a visualization in the making. But, so, uh, so it's interesting because when I hear you say that, and I get where you're going, like, um, and and I think I want to dive down this road for just a hot second. Sure. Having that as the north star and not leaving it is one thing, but understanding that there could be multiple things happening while you're trying to still get to that north star yep. instead of simply just because what I want us to realize is there are things like you're talking about Remington that can be destination points, but there can right. th- don't let those destination points become the wall that stops you from doing other things. Yeah. You see see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Great. I'm glad we clarified that. Life is short. (laughs) Yeah. Well, right. And, and, but at the same time, I think it goes back to this, like celebrating the wins, knowing you're on the, on the right rails and, you know, and you've got, you've got those guardrails towards where you're going, which kind of ties into the one thing I really wanted to talk about, because this was almost a confirmation for me was, um, guardrails and goalposts. So like we are, I'm rewriting all of our job descriptions for impulse to this guardrails and goalposts thing. Um, the people who Joel is speaking to with his book that do their best work in their own schedule, in their own way, um, and giving the freedom to do remarkable stuff is is one of the – that was like a confirmation because I was thinking about building this stuff out before we even had the, had the episode. Yeah. But but the but it also comes with a lot of responsibility, and that was one of the big takeaways that I wanted to take. So if you have a boss, and I'm speaking to people who have bosses right now, you have a boss that says you have the freedom to do whatever you want. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there for a second. You have the freedom to do whatever you want, but you have to accomplish X. What what do you think happens if you don't accomplish X? 
right? So, so Joel's talking about as a, as an entrepreneur, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, like you pave your own way, understand your goals, understand where you're going. But at the same time, as a, as a boss and giving those, those guardrails and goalposts on a position, like if you don't hit those numbers, you're probably going to be reined in to a point where, where things are going to be less flexible. But if you, but if you work that Saturday, or you work that 4 a.m., or you did something to fit that mindset or that feeling, suddenly now you've got you've got the best of both worlds. I think that it's easy to say when you hear Joel's episode, I want I want that because it feels like less work, just like mm. it feels like someone else is really like, oh, that sounds like a nice life. But he never once said it was less work. And that was one of my big takeaways. So when we have these guardrails and goalposts, it's like I want you to hit this, 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 and this. These that's your measure. Go for it. Yeah. Like you have a fundamental respond- responsibility as a human to hit those objectives or communicate the second you don't think that you're going to be able to, because because that's part of being a team and having that freedom. That's why companies operate on like these really stringent rails because a lot of times. You know, people can go sideways and that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, I'll wrap my side of this up with going to uh, the point that I really wanted to make. And that is I love the fact that Joel Com talked about life being short. I love yeah. that Joel mentioned why are you planning for the future when the future is right now? Um, mm-hmm. You're worried about being happy two weeks from now. How about two minutes from now? I love the quote by Henry David Thoreau that he put out there that is the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. What is called recognition is confirmed deception or desperation is confirmed desperation. So it's just amazing to think about, um, the, and again, I go back to the football analogy. Like so many times, listeners, viewers, have you gotten to the one yard line only to go back to the 20 yard line and, and not have that moment? Um, and are you having it right now? Like, are you thinking right. that you have to be successful? That's really, if, if, if I would say anything, cause by the way, I just downloaded on Audible the fun formula. Uh, it, it is going to be book number 25 out of the 24 books that I said that I would listen to, uh, this year. Uh, so that's interesting in itself right there. But I would hope that you would get the book. I would hope that you would listen to it. I hope that you would think about how you're living your life personally and professionally and what you need to look at at different directions. Remington, anything you want to say before we close this episode out? Yeah, so the Bermuda Triangle had a lot of fun stuff that I want you to like rewind and go check out. But the other one was, you know, breaking out the constraints. And if you're moving, you're living, but don't forget to slow down and smell the roses. And I thought that I thought that that was kind of huge. And that was that celebrating the wins. Um, and I think whether you are a worker or a manager or an owner or an entrepreneur, you've got to remember to do that. Um, and we'll have a whole nother episode about about how we're how you can teach this in your org. But um, it was a great episode. I absolutely loved it. Absolutely. Look, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit the bells, the likes, the subscribes, all the things so we know that you're part of the community. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, well, then head over to iTunes. Leave us a rating and review. I love that joke. That joke never gets old. Anyway, until next time, we hope that you leave the dock of mediocrity to set sail into the sunset 
of your success.